0: a playlist last night just so I could have everything in one location and for some reason that was that text copied and so I just started the zoom and hit paste and enter because I'm used to it just automatically copying to my clipboard and it did not and I was so confused I was like what that's not a late what the fuck did I just say <laughs> yeah enter? that's what I said I
1: started dying. <laughs> i was
0: just like uh but yeah um i'm gilda i am very high and
1: i'm slightly wine tipsy so amazing i'm steph i'm just a little high right now but i plan on getting more high as we go through this yeah, no we don't we haven't really started but we're about just um yeah no, that's okay um uh, are you gonna roll something uh <laughs> yes I will. okay because i haven't really smoked
0: much do you <laughs> do you do you want to ju- do you want to go smoke and then we restart this would that be better
1: um, we could do that. I have I smoked, listen to what I did. This is sad. I, I I didn't really feel like doing anything. So I just like opened like my grinder and I took what was left in it, which isn't, it was not like a, a much. It wasn't even enough. Really. And I just put it in my bowl and I smoked that, but that was, it was really not. <laughs> so. my god
0: well um i think you need to go get a joint rolled for you and smoke that joint and uh we'll see y'all back here once steph is higher once i'm actually high yeah
1: all right (laughs) thank you hello hello i'm still in the process of getting high i have to say (laughs) (laughs) oh but not really what i was gonna say no i'm so high right now um it's because listen to why i'm so high listen to what happened so um Beck got this pen that is like an automatic uh, dab rig so it's like hitting it is like hitting a pen I was saying,
0: I think I saw I think I saw you hitting
1: it yeah it's black right and yeah that was my first time ever hitting it oh I my kind god of hit it a little bit hard because I didn't feel it at all I was like I don't think this is I don't think anything is happening right now so I, I was like sucking mad hard dude um <laughs> and- but now I think it's kind of hitting yeah it's definitely (laughs) and also a a cookie edible because she made those with the can of butter that she made oh
0: my god that's amazing
1: um i just want to add a quick note right now
0: that um if you have not seen season two episode one of saturday night live if you would like to understand most of this episode you should probably go watch it you can find it for free on peacock it's totally free. You just have to make an account. We are not affiliated with NBC. We just want you to be able to see some good SNL. It's also on Hulu and you can buy it on Amazon, but this episode is a fucking wild ride. So highly recommend you go do that. <laughs> highly.
1: <laughs> oh my God. You <laughs> saying eh highly was like Tina and Bob's burgers. Wonderful. Wonderful. That is all I have ever wanted is no... <laughs> It's <laughs> be tina from bob's
0: burgers i am tina from bob's burgers no seriously it's like i relate so fucking hard but yeah so as we said before uh i'm gilda and
1: i'm steph <laughs> i'm also high
0: this is uh saturday night high the podcast where we well get high and talk about everything saturday night live and today we're covering a classic episode
1: yes this is going to be the first episode of season two Um, on September 18th, 1976, with host, my favorite, Lily Tomlin, and musical guest, James Taylor.
0: Yeah, this was a pretty good way to start the season. But before we get into the episode, some business to take care of. Okay, one uh, part of the problem when you do a podcast when you're high is that if you don't take very explicit notes and write everything down... You can say, oh, yeah, I'll remember that later. And then you have stoner brain, you forget it later. And when you're editing a podcast episode, you go, God damn it, I meant to say something about this. So um, I want to talk about how Saturday Night Live covered Ann Beats this past weekend. Um, she was one of the original writers in the, first, in the first five years of Saturday Night Live, and she died on April 7th. Um, she got. A title card and that was nice but they could have played a clip of something that she wrote or that she was responsible for she was one of the people that got this show off of the motherfucking ground and they gave her three to four seconds of a title card
1: yeah which is probably why we forgot to mention it while recording because <laughs> yeah That's they nice. just seemed to act like it was nothing <laughs> Right, and
0: the show would not exist. I mean, the show wouldn't exist without Lauren, but, like, she was a writer. She was a content creator for this show. Like, she obviously did something right within the first five years. Like, it's yeah, still she's on. she's quoted
1: a lot in Life in New York. Like, she is, like, a person to talk to.
0: Yeah, I think she ends the book, too, with the best fucking quote. Um. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It's, well, yeah, it's... um. I think the final chapter of Life from New York focuses on, focuses on Lorne. And I believe the book ends with her saying, okay, yeah, but enough about Lorne. What about me? Um, so yeah, I, um, I was a little disappointed that they did not cover that. And as was tweeted by, I retweeted it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Sorry. I have like nine tabs open of things I need to mention. (laughs) Oh my God. Just like in general. Oh, okay. So Dennis Perrin at Dennis the Perrin uh, tweeted, thinking about last night's snub of Ann Beats, did you know that for the 25th anniversary show, they weren't going to acknowledge Michael O'Donoghue? If it hadn't been for Bill Murray, he would have been ignored. And they... Like, they only gave him a title card in the 25th. I think he had, like, just died.
1: Oh, wow. 75, 85,
0: 95. Would that be 2000? The 25th anniversary?
1: I think all I remember is that Eddie Murphy wasn't there.
0: Well, Eddie Murphy was not there. No, you're right, because that would make the twi- tw- Yeah, 2015, they had the 40th anniversary special and Eddie Murphy was there, but refused to participate in sketches. So um, yeah, so apparently, thank you, Bill Murray, because even though I don't like Michael O'Donoghue, so that was the first piece of business to take care of was, come on, SNL, you could do better. I mean, I saw someone on Twitter. They were like, they could have played the speed ad. It's like 45, 50 seconds. She wrote that. Like, that that would have...
1: funny. People yeah,
0: <laughs> literally yeah that would bring in a whole group of people like holy shit old SNL is funny which tangentially ties into um the my next point which is the other night when I was making mac and cheese bites to dip into some ranch dressing because I'm not only a stoner but I'm a basic bitch as well dairy
1: on dairy I re- really I support thank that. you
0: Ever since, or since last week's show, we're recording this on, fuck, is it Wednesday? I feel like it's Wednesday. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, Ever, so I've shown a number of people Weird Little Flute from Sunday through like yesterday through today. And I, last night with Steph, I was like, okay, do you know how many people have gotten hooked on Weird Little Flute? They're like, oh, so SNL is doing good stuff again. And I'm like, yeah, just watch these babies soar. Like the new young cast they have are so good and so smart. And the writing is so sharp. And it's like, it's funny. It's not too, you don't have to think too hard, but it's not stupid. And I literally at 5.15 on Tuesday, yesterday, excuse me, texted Steph. I literally figured out why SNL is a mess. There's a whole ass cast that was hired in the early mid 2000s that hasn't left yet. The show can't grow when it's had the same cast for a fucking decade. They can't pick a vibe because there's too many. There are 20 people in the cast right now. I know I've said this before, but I am like, people have to leave. I wrote down some dates here. Kate McKinnon joined in 2012. Aidy Bryant also was a featured player in 2012. So was Cecily Strong. That's nine years now. 2013, Beck Bennett, Colin Jost, and Kyle Mooney joined the cast. And 2014, it was Che, Pete Davidson, which um, this is Pete, that, that's seven years. We know Che's contract is ending. So that's fine.
1: I'm going by really fast because you're saying all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, that just happened. <laughs>
0: Right. No, I know. And it's like, holy shit. But like Pete Davidson, I feel like he's coming into like his own on the show right now. So sure. I wouldn't be upset if he stayed for like three, four more years. Like he could yeah, turn into a mini Keenan, as far as I'm concerned. I feel like he's doing real well.
1: Aww, um, that's such a nice thing to say about Pete
0: Davidson. <sighs> oh, thank you. Um, did you see him? He was on a Zoom call about what's it? Oh, not. It's not Justice League. Is it Suicide Squad? I think he's in the next one. Yeah. Like Pete he he missed a f- Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, sure. That's why his hair has no, that's why his hair has been bleached at certain points because he might be playing the Joker. He might be playing someone else. I don't know. Um, but he was on a Zoom call about this upcoming movie, and people were asking him about his um people were asking him about like oh what's your select who's your celebrity crush or or they were saying oh um are you dating anyone and they're like bringing up his romantic relationships in this inter, this zoom interview about a different project he worked on and he's like I can't. and uh like he just kind of brushed right past it but when someone asked about his celebrity crush he's like my celebrity crush, I'm with my celebrity crush. And he looked so happy. He looked like a kid on Christmas morning. And I was like, "Cause you know, he's seeing um, Phoebe Dynavor, Di- the girl from Bridgerton.
1: I did not watch Bridgerton. Well, I tried to watch it, but I couldn't get into it. But- It
0: takes a few episodes.
1: I also didn't know that he was with her. I, the last time that I checked it on his dating life, it was when he was with that older woman. Good for him, but
0: <laughs> that would be Kate Beckinsale. I I will I will give her a name. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I just there a few people need to leave the cast, and they don't need to replace people. Is what
1: needs to happen because it's overwhelming having so many people. Like it really fucking is. An episode.
0: No, and it's really hard. It's like okay, so who is in this sketch? And you have to literally like. It's hard when you're not high. Anyway. <laughs> those are my thoughts from the past week sorry we can go on to season two episode one now that we're 12 minutes into this
1: well wait I also did want to say I've been trying to follow the Corey oh yes. Scientology um you know uh news item as it's developing but there aren't any developments whatsoever here we are it is one of my dudes and all I know is that her family was also in it which kind of complicates things because then it's like okay you don't want to leave your fucking family um so that's Scientology for you
0: I I am hoping hoping against all hope that it's one of those cases where she's still in it and like she's in it to keep in contact with her family but she's not like woo woo I don't know I would hope She was not in a ton last week. And from what I heard, she was cut in a bunch of stuff. And there were also no cut for times this week. Don't know if they didn't post the cut for times because she was in them. I don't know what the deal is with that, but yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's
1: going to happen there?
0: (laughs) Season two, the not ready for primetime players. We have Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Chevy Chase, whose final episode is October 30th, 1976, I think we have him for another five episodes, Jane Curtin, Garrett Morris, Bill Murray's first episode is January 15th, 1977, Lorraine Newman, and Gilda Radner. And the Chevy Chase covers weekend update until he leaves, at which point Jane Curtin takes over. I also want to read some writers from season two. We have the head writer is Michael O'Donohue. Wonderful. Writing staff, Dan Aykroyd, Ann Bates, John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Tom Davis, Jim Downey, Al Franken, Bruce McCall, Lauren Michaels, Marilyn Suzanne Miller, Bill Murray, Michael O'Donohue, Her- Herb Sergeant, Herb, Herb, I don't know, um, Tom Schiller, Rosie Schuster, and
1: Ellen Zweibel. Anyways, season two, episode one, starts off on a weird fucking note. Um, they're outside, um, and by they, I mean, Gilda Radner and Chevy Chase are standing outside 30 Rock, right? And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> why did I say right? <laughs> like, literally, been there done that. Um, and behind them is just, like, a bunch of audience members And they're waiting for Lily Tomlin because she's still not there. She wasn't there all week. Um, And then she arrives with a bunch of, I don't know who those people were, but she arrives with a bunch of people. She had a full ass entourage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The cold open was happening, obviously live on the street. And so they just had people that were like standing there trying to see, you know, the cast of Saturday night live. And I thought it was actually kind of a cool cultural moment because like, Last year, the show, it was brand new, but this season it's returning and it has fans and it has followers. And there were people standing outside waiting to cheer for Gilda and Chevy and Lily Tomlin. And it was just like a whole new vibe to the show. It's not just like, okay, these are the scrappy young underdogs. These are, they're kind of TV stars. Like they're becoming famous in their own right as well as the show like people wanted to potentially be seen on camera waiting outside you know what i mean
1: like this episode
0: had a lot of
1: references to earlier things or just running jokes from season one yeah
0: it was literally kind of a greatest hits
1: yeah yeah I i was just thinking like enjoy it you know without having known season one jokes, right
0: And I feel like it was kind of like a nod to people that had watched through season one and were returning, but it was also kind of a best of season one for people that had heard, oh my God, this show is great. It's coming back next week. You have to watch it. And so they tried to get a bunch of their really good um, recurring material to present to what was probably a pretty big audience. I don't know what the ratings for the show
1: Fair enough. Well, this Wikipedia page um, does say that tonight was the last time that we'll see the Land of Gorge characters, which is very, very sad.
0: It is sad. Um, I will say I thought it was well done how they wrote them off, if not a little weird. It was less dark than the last time we saw them. But, okay, cold open. Um, Chevy Chase is like, So, Lily Tomlin isn't there. She hasn't been here all week. Oh no, what's going on? And it's like, okay, this is a weird bit. And Chevy and so Gilda's like, maybe she has other offers. Maybe she's on the phone. She's running late. It's fine. And Chevy Chase is like, I've had other offers. I'm still here. And I was like, oh, thank you for gracing us with your presence, you arrogant prick. Like, You're doing nobody any favors. Like, he stays for the first six episodes because that is up until Gerald Ford was defeated by Jimmy Carter in the 1976 election. Like, he stays through those episodes to play
1: Gerald Ford. Chevy Chase, um, in this episode, I don't know how to really say it, but when he introduced Weekend Update by saying, I'm God, that's just all you need to know about him in this episode.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. So Lily Tomlin had this entourage. She was introducing people left and right to the cast members and she kept getting everyone's name wrong. And the last time she hosted, it was like a really buddy, buddy, personal thing with the cast. And I believe she was nominated for an Academy award in between the first and second time she hosted. And then now she comes back and she's this big star and she has an entourage and she's not remembering people's names. She's saying, she said, uh, oh, this is Jerry Chase and this is Goldie about Chevy Chase and Gilda. And Garrett Morris shows up. So does Jane Curtin, who Lily Tomlin calls Jane Belushi, which I actually laughed at that. Um, that was actually
1: pretty funny for some reason, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that, something I also noticed about this episode, I was like, damn, their mics are crackling. But like, I, I'm not, we're, we're, we're not ones to talk. We're an amateur podcast. Uh-huh. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to critique SNL's sound mixing. So, and then at the end of it, I was like, what was the goddamn point of that? It paid off later, but I was like, what the fuck did we just watch? That was my first, I was very confused.
1: Yeah. So as she's walking through um, the building, with her entourage and gilda and chevy she has a drink in her hand and her <laughs> chauffeur was like following her with a a glass of i don't know champagne or some shit i don't really i don't know and
0: <laughs> that that whole segment was problematic in and of itself i don't know it just felt icky and um it, i i don't know i was like uh i was squirming in my seat a little
1: yeah 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 same um there was another icky thing later on in this episode or a few but you know that's obviously yeah. the I mean, case that, that is,
0: it's 70s snl i've kind of come to terms with the fact that there's going to be some icky stuff we criticize it and we move on
1: <laughs> yeah so this ends you'll never believe it it ends with chevy chase falling on his ass and saying "Life from new york
0: right and it's like okay so that all of that to just get a fucking Chevy Chase pratfall. Like, I really thought they could have ended that um, more strongly.
1: I was ready for them to move on finally, but I guess they're yeah. not ready to move on. That's fine.
0: Um, And then the second part of the joke. So we have Lily Tomlin's monologue and this is where the payoff makes sense because okay, we just saw the cameras following them into 30 Rock. Hang on one second. Sorry, I had a random piece of dust in my throat. It wasn't even smoke. God, that's not even a cool cough. That's just, I inhaled dust. (laughs) So Lily Tomlin, we watch her walk in with this big entourage and she's wearing a very fancy dress and she comes out on stage wearing jeans and a t-shirt. She's like, oh man, we've been so hard at work all week creating this show for you I didn't even have time to change out of my clothing and oh as I was coming down here tonight on the subway and it's like okay so they're mocking the whole oh she's a big star now she's returning and it's like we, we know she didn't come down on the subway that was the joke and I was like okay I to quote Mike Birbiglia it's like the joke later it's like yeah anyway, that yeah it's like doctors he goes into the doctor and he's like oh you're a comedian why aren't you being funny he's like no you don't understand you're the joke
1: later oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this yeah and then this monologue like she's she sent it off you know but Mm -hmm. and it was like the commercial played but it didn't and that was just a weird little fun way for them to end i guess but then she was like I needed a drink or some shit like that. I was like, okay, (laughs) God. So then we had the first sketch of the night was the first presidential debate of 1976, um, which this sketch I thought could have been, I don't know, half the length that it was
0: yes oh my god yeah i have um i don't know i think it was it was like halfway through my second page of notes on this that i was like why is this still on like why was this not edited chris they could have rerun say the speed commercial from season one for fuck's sake like you know i yeah i it was so fucking long i understand why they had to cover it and i thought it was pretty well done with a few exceptions
1: They covered a lot of bases so I mean a few things were good but yeah it was just like I mean they they introduced all the journalists that were asking the questions and that took a while.
0: So it was, it was um, Gerald, it was Chevy Chase as Gerald Ford, Dan Aykroyd as Jimmy Carter. The journalists, it was Jane Curtin as Lisa Montgomery, who was nominated by the League of Women Voters. John Belushi as a Rolling Stone political writer, Tom Burke. And then Garrett Morris was portraying Earl Roland. And Lily Tomlin as the moderator said he was chosen because he was a Negro. And I was like, and please let, that was a direct quote gilda is not going off the fucking hook here or chain or what the fuck ever and just like s- saying slurs
1: like sorry that is what lily tomlin did say i will back that up um <laughs> it was shocking to say the least it
0: was i i literally i was like wait what the fuck that wasn't even it was
1: yeah mm. yeah but Garrett morris i mean he like he he was good in the sketch i thought He only had a few lines, but I liked him in this guy, Yeah,
0: no, he really, truly does. I mean, whenever he's in something, I know he's going to nail it. He never, he really never disappoints. And I don't know if it's just because he's used so sparingly, because as he himself said, and this was in Live from New York, he says he was hired as, quote unquote, the Black guy. Like, they did not use him as much as they use some of the other cast members. But whenever he's on screen, I am thrilled
1: yes uh so you know they went through this debate they asked their questions uh I think well okay what was it John Belushi during his turn he asked Jimmy Carter about the legal the legalization of weed because his right his son you know smoked and of course fucking Jimmy Carter's like, oh yeah, well if I saw him smoking, I would arrest him. Uh fucking his narc ass, that Kamala Harris nonsense, putting people in jail over weed. Come on. Um I mean she has she reversed course on
0: that? I think she has.
1: I guess she has, but does she have to take the course in the first place?
0: I know, I know, but I, yeah, I don't know.
1: She's flip-flopping. She's She's flip-flopping.
0: She's flip-flopping, which was something else they covered in this sketch. That being said, if homegirl wants to flip-flop on legalization, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but I don't know. It was just like, yeah, he was flip-flopping and then they brought up Watergate and it was like, oh, we don't want to bring up the biggest scandal in recent political history, do we? And Jimmy Carter's like, I think I do. Gerald Ford's like, nah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking deja vu. Like we literally just went through this shit.
1: It's weird watching the old sketches because a lot of the things that they're making fun of are the exact things that just happened today. Like the flip-flopping. Yes! Yes!
0: And I mean, whether it's the flip-flopping, or they're still talking about legalization of pot or abortion, it's like, okay, this was literally almost fifty fucking years ago. How are we doing? How are we still talking about the same shit?
1: Because all we fucking do is talk, you guys. All we do, all talk.
0: Say the two
1: white girls with the
0: podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
1: Uh Um, I did like the line (laughs) um, when Jimmy Carter was talking about how he would support uh each state making up their own rules for abortion which would enable a woman to move to a different state if she wanted an abortion that was a good line
0: that was a very good line and my comment on that was wow how are we still talking about this like again what the fuck like 50 years later you think we would have figured this shit out um yeah that was a very good line um I thought the close-up work on Chevy Chase when Jane Curtin was going over numbers and like okay there's 60 billion and you're going to subtract this but you have to do this and the camera's just getting closer and closer to Chevy Chase's face and he's like he looks so panicked and nervous and worried and I was like he's like and this is a very famous line from early SNL was my understanding was that there would be no math at the debate and it's like That's fucking funny. I relate to that. Someone asked me to do math on the spot and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need like 30 seconds on my phone.
1: Yeah, that was a great line that had me cracking the fuck up, Um, even though it was Chevy Chase. What do you know? Uh, And then, you know, John Belushi asked about flip-flopping and as Dan Aykroyd, Jimmy Carter, who, okay, I didn't mention it earlier, but Dan Aykroyd, so fucking funny. I love him as everything. I love him as everything.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And so it's like, they were asking, he was like, oh, we can, you can ask me questions about Betty, Betty Ford. And she had like, issues with addiction and she created the Betty Ford Rehab Center. Like, this is like, uh, I remember, and this is just going to be a testament to how terrible my father is, but I remember him at some point joking about Betty Ford drinking hairspray because it had, like, alcohol in it. And I don't know if that was true or my father just being a sexist, weird pig. But anyway, my note at this point was, okay, this is too long. The crowd is over it. The crowd had not laughed in, like, two minutes other than, like, polite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like it was uh -uh. over long before. I feel like a lot of the sketches in this episode were kind of just, like, long for no reason. Yeah. I don't know. It's
0: like Chevy Chase there was another pratfall and this man literally like hung on to his podium as he fell towards the earth horizontally and I'm like a you're fucking insane b why are why do we have another pratfall we've already had one I get Gerald Ford is clumsy but we've already had him playing with the microphone like a kitten and knocking over water and hitting the buzzer Rand, or you know it's like, and then Dan Aykroyd is like stumbling over him and they're wrestling on the floor. And I'm like, why is Dan Aykroyd in on this? Like they weren't wrestling. They were both pretending to have issues getting up. And I felt it was like they were loading up on Chevy Chase pratfalls Falls because they knew he was leaving.
1: Yeah, I got that feeling as well. Um, and that's my last bullet point. You can, go
0: on to, you can go on to James Taylor's.
1: We had James Taylor's first musical performance here's what I'll say about James Taylor in this episode is he didn't (laughs) sing the one song that I really know but also that (laughs) (laughs) what song do you really
0: know fire and rain okay um that may have come out way earlier also do you not know sweet baby James don't think that I did oh my god that's almost more that's like more popular than fire and rain, or at least in my book, book, I think it's, well, in my book, I think it's, I don't know. I fucking think it's an amazing song. Um, James Taylor, he played shower the people. He was so fucked up his eyes. He was like, you could just see that he was on. So he was on something. I don't know if he was stoned. I don't know if it was the heroin. I have no idea, but homeboy homeboy was uh feeling it but oh my god his voice forgive me but like my note here was fuck his voice gets me wet like i wow. fucking love james taylor
1: bold wow. 1976 james taylor take
0: thank you i saw him and carol king when they toured together for the troubadour oh my god, tour. Carol king yeah it was fucking awesome carol king it was a fun ass night like it was it was like around stage that rotated and it was like the initial troubadour crew so like danny korchmar who was he was part of this tonight like it was
1: it was so good god. yes anyway. wow jealous of that
0: yeah oh god but yeah james taylor would hit it then would hit it now and i love this performance so
1: would hit it then probably don't think i would hit it now though um hate to say it james taylor mr taylor (laughs) i'm sorry um so then that brings me into the weekend update portion of this episode which here is chevy chase again um he's on the phone with his girl and he's like oh you know i think any dessert topping would do as far as i know which i kind of thought that was funny although how many dessert toppings are there really and then I got thinking about them
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and that's also something that again people are like oh yeah use whipped cream or hot fudge bitch you gotta sleep on this bed after that like you're gonna need to throw at least three towels down and you're also like no it's a waste
1: of whipped cream or hot fudge literally
0: like who the fuck wants to get all covered in yeah yeah not
1: to kink shame. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> of our listeners no, we- are really into that. I'm so sorry to kink shame you. I'm not going to yuck their yum, like, or something yeah. of the sort.
0: Like, it was, uh, that just makes me cackle whenever I hear it. Anyway, Chevy Chase, yeah, gross. And eh, uh, opened weekend update with I'm God and here's the news. And I'm like, yeah, that checks.
1: Yeah, that was a bit much. um And then here is where I was saying, like, You kind of needed to have watched, like, the other season, the other season, Um, because they talked about uh, Francisco Franco, the Blaine Hotel, Emily Latawa. The Weekend Update was really where all of the season one jokes came back. Mm -hmm.
0: And I mean, I don't know, the laughter felt forced at points simply because I feel like the audience, like, I don't know if they were expecting new stuff. I don't think they were really prepared to see stuff that they'd pretty much already seen before. Um, There was a fucking terrible joke, and I'm going to use the updated verbiage as opposed to the stuff that was used on the show because um, it it was a joke about a transgender eye doctor tennis player who wrote a memoir, and the memoir was titled Tennis Without Balls. And I was like, "Wow, guys! Wow. I mean, I know it was 1976. I know shit was different. I'm not saying that, you know, but at the same time, it was just ugh.
1: Yeah. Then they also had this joke. It was Emily Latella was talking about. Um, this is me skipping right to the end of weekend update. Emily Latella was talking about five crustaceans hijacking an airplane, um, and then when Chevy Chase said, or when Yeah, he said, no, it's not Cresatians, it's Croatians. And she goes, what are those? And he's like, they're another form of shellfish. What?
0: Yeah, uh, it was, I mean, I get the comedy point of that being like he wanted to get her off the phone. And instead of being like, no, they're Croatians, it's a country, it's here. Like, it was just like... It's, it's more, it's more selfish. Like I did under, I, I did kind of snort laugh at that because it was like, okay, I've thought about it.
1: That's me always on the phone. I fucking hate the phone.
0: Um... There was a sketch with Lily Tomlin in the middle of Weekend Update that I thought was actually really fucking funny. And I will say, I have seen this sketch before. It was your local phone company that doesn't care. And she's like dropped phone calls. Whatever. And she's like hitting buttons and like pulling wires out and slamming things. I thought it was really funny because that honestly feels like what's going on at the internet company sometimes. It's like, but do you care though? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, this actually had me in shambles. I was laughing so hard at Lily yeah. Tillman in this. And it's just fact. She was like, you know, next time you feel like complaining about your phone service, just use two Dixie cups and some string.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know. I was like, okay, literally. So again, for at least the second time in this episode, it was like, okay, so nothing has changed. Yeah. Literally. It's like, if you contact us, don't expect us to care. It's like, all right, cool. Because
1: they don't fucking have to.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that sketch was fucking great. And then we had, um, so there was a Blaine Hotel bit, which was funny, but Dom Pardo made it funnier. That's totally fine. Um yeah, so um the we had a bit about the Blaine Hotel where Lorraine Newman was there again doing her reporting on whatever, um whatever, you know, just like, oh, there's this weird thing happening at the Blaine where people uh they they say it's foreign legionnaires disease and you Fall silent, you start speaking a foreign language, and then you die. And it's claimed 30 so far. And then John Belushi is the manager of the hotel, and he, um, John Belushi is the manager, and he then, it was very predictable. He stops talking, he starts speaking Spanish, he falls over. Lorraine Newman, she stops talking, she starts speaking French, she falls over. Okay, haha, ha, it was funny. It was a Blaine Hotel bit. And then Chevy Chase has a few more jokes, or it was after the Lily Tomlin phone bit, Don Pardo comes on and he's like, oh, this is sponsored by the Blaine Hotel. And he's doing the ad and he freezes and he says sayonara and he just falls over and it's like <coughs> choking noises. But it was like, okay, God damn it, that was
1: funny. That was some good payoff. And yeah, this it just had me thinking about airborne disease, though, for a minute there. It did, although we're both
0: vaccinated.
1: Yeah, although it only lasts six months. So you know what? But that okay, so it only lasts six months. This is my brain. Welcome.
0: <laughs> Abject terror all the time. Yeah. Um, so no, so they say it only lasts six months because the trials, it's like they're as the like the trials have only been happening for like Eight, it, you know what I mean? Like okay. they went into trials like last fall or something, like late last summer, early fall. And so it's like they're releasing the data as it's like, okay, so we know it's it, it, that because at first, because I remember when this happened at 90 days, and everyone's like, okay the vaccine's good for 90 days. And it's like, well, it's good for at least 90 days. We don't know. Like, you know, okay, so we'll know at, so that was three months. So now at six months, they say, okay, vaccine is good for six months because they've been able to observe X amount of data for X amount of time. Like they have to like look at shit and analyze it and write about it. You know, I'm not a scientist. (laughs) Thank God. Right, Right though, seriously, if I was a scientist, the world would be in fucking trouble um it already is it is it would be worse anyway lucy they talked about tv they talked about reunions about how dean martin and fucking someone part of the rat pack reunited after 25 years and how it was spurring other reunions like lucy like lucille ball and desi arnaz debbie reynolds and um oh what's his name fisher fuck fuck i wrote down his last name Hang on.
1: Is it Eddie? I don't know. I think
0: it is. Eddie Fisher.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank God. Um okay. So it was wow, I mind. What the fuck? <laughs> right? You got it. Hey, yeah. Damn. Go you. Um Eddie Fisher who very famously fathered Carrie Fisher with Debbie Reynolds and then left Debbie Reynolds for Elizabeth Taylor. So yeah, that's I a whole thing. Carrie Fisher, space mom um yeah but and then it said so the reunions Lucille Ball does here it is, Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher and Jimmy Hoffa which I laughed at because I will literally never get tired of Jimmy Hoffa jokes as a Jets fan who was raised by a father that made Jimmy Hoffa jokes long before I understood them and long before I should have been hearing them like, Jimmy Hoffa was, he was murdered, chopped up, and disposed of. So the reuniting of Jimmy Hoffa was very funny to me.
1: Anyway. That is funny.
0: <laughs> that is very niche New England mafia. So the Muppets. Yeah, Muppets!
1: Um, this was their final appearance. They are in, like, a morgue, or a Muppet morgue, really. It was Scred puta Plubus, and then wiss the muppet who was just stoned out of his mind that was, was actually muppet. yeah that was it's... funny it was hilarious he was like you know far out dude it was it was just great um they go to Flavog and they ask him what they should do because this is like their last chance to be on the show and so Flavog says okay you know just do whatever they tell you to do and that's the best you could do, you know? So, and so Lily comes on and she's talking to them and she's sa- talking about the, the new show, the Muppet show, but they can't be on it because it's a family show and that's not for them. And so Lily is like, okay, well, I'll sing a song and you can whistle and they fucking can't whistle. And it's really funny. But if you've seen the, I think it's 2011, I could be wrong, jason Segel, uh the muppets you know that muppets can whistle okay
0: so jason Siegel, i have not um i have not seen that muppets movie as fans of this podcast will know i'm not super into the muppets but i tolerated them for season one because i had to um it was depressing I thought Wiss the stoner Muppet was fucking hilarious. Why didn't they have Wiss on last season? I would have fucking loved the land of Gorch revolving around Wiss the stoner Muppet. I would have watched the shit out of that.
1: Um, He's a more enjoyable yeah. character than like Plupus.
0: Yeah, no shit. He's a more enjoyable character than any of them. Like, I barely tolerated Scred. The rest of them can go get shoved in a drawer.
1: Um, I liked when It was horny and I missed that. But other than that,
0: <laughs> horny scred is that that was solid. But scred the rest of the time, I'm just like, oh, you're kind of an incel, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had our second of three James Taylor performances. They performed a Junior Walker tune, Road Runner. Um, this featured David Sanborn on saxophone and Danny Korchmar on guitar. Um, it was a fucking bop. I thought there was some weird camera work with a split screen at the end where it's like the saxophonist was on the, if you're looking at the stage, he was on the right and James Taylor was in the middle, but the camera work had the saxophonist on the left and James Taylor, like, like absolutely trying to destroy the place on a tambourine, like
1: he was just going for it. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to introduce this next sketch in any way other than saying um it was kind of ableist holy fucking shit it was so ableist it was so uncomfortable
0: even the 1976 crowd thought it was uncomfortable yeah like there really wasn't a ton of laughter during this it felt icky it was a woman lily tomlin who was in her apartment and there's all christmas decorations she's eating cereal out of a box and watching tv oh hold on i'm so sorry So yeah, anyway, Steph just got a blizzard. I don't know what kind of blizzard it is, if you want to inform us
1: what it was supposed to be. Earlier, when we were talking about God, I don't know, maybe the cold open or something, I got a text from Beck. and (laughs) Actually, I didn't get a text from Beck. You said earlier
0: when we were talking about God, and I was like, (laughs) <laughs> what as we do we definitely every we're light. not doing oh god yes we talk about god before bed
1: um no earlier beck was in the room with me and she showed me her phone and said what do you want because um somebody was at dairy queen so i had to put in an order i mean yeah
0: if someone's a dairy queen and someone asks what do you want it's not no i'm good it's okay let me pick something All right. Anyway, so this ableist fucking sketch. Lily uh, Tomlin was portraying a woman who had requested a visit from a traveling salesperson selling timeshares, I think, and yeah. vacation homes, something of the sort, and it was Garrett Morris, and she so she's watching TV, eating cereal out of a box, and here's a knock on the door. She opens it without asking who it is which you don't do that um new york city right um but it was just from the start it was very uncomfortable because it was just like okay she doesn't really know what's going
1: on well okay sorry wait a minute speaking of from the start the first thing we see is like the apartment that she's into and so you see yeah. like the activity scene on the mantle even though that's not the time of year and it, but just... we don't
0: know that we, we we don't know that when the sketch starts we just assume it's around christmas time and the reveal that it's not when it comes later in the sketch it feels mean it's like there was no need it was like ha, this person keeps their christmas stuff up all year round and uh, yeah i i just there was no need for it to be it took place in, I think, September. I'm getting a bunch of really weird clicking. Um, could you... Is your pop filter touching your mic?
1: No. Okay, that's fine. I I, I was just checking. Was it me eating? Have I turned this into ASMR? <laughs> Egg, may, maybe Maybe. You, you may have. Yeah. So fucking high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, But Okay. So it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yes. A foot back is great. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why, I was like, why are my headphones so uncomfortably painful right now? Like why it was like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Drink that blizzard. Just me
1: eating the Oreos and my blizzard, you know,
0: I mean, worth it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It was, I I wrote down, this is uncomfortable. And she starts off, she's like, no, no, you're not supposed to start yet. You have to ask me what you're doing or ask me about myself. She's like, ask me what killed my sister. Ask me why her child doesn't see me. Why? And it's like, it was just sad. And she's like showing old family photos of her daughter that died and her husband that
1: died. And it's like, oh my God. It was, yeah, the whole sketch was just, fucking not funny. And then no. it felt long. I don't know if it was as long as some of the other sketches in this episode. It probably wasn't, but it was just like uncomfortable the whole time, you know? Um
0: Yeah, I wrote what the fuck and I underlined
1: each word twice. Yeah. And it's like I love, I love, of love Lily Tomlin and I love, 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 love Gary Morris. And seeing them on screen together, I was excited, but then I was like, mm, no, that they, they can't do this. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I was so excited
0: for the potential of this sketch and it failed on every fucking level, like every fucking level.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if the head writer was Michael O'Donoghue. This did feel like a Michael O'Donoghue sketch.
0: Um, yeah, so we went into the third performance by James Taylor, and I know you particularly like this one again. I, I'm going to send you like four more James Taylor songs that are better than Fire and Rain. So,
1: yeah, I think if I'm being completely honest with you, the only reason that I really know Fire and Rain is because it was on Glee and the song wasn't.
0: Oh, oh, my God. I'm just going to ignore that entire sentence. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no. Sweet Baby James is, yeah, I don't know. There was loud-ass applause for this song. I
1: was here for it. I did notice that, and I thought, wow, wish I was in on it.
0: Well, right, and so it's like, okay, so Carly Simon was one of the last musical guests of the previous season, and she pre-taped because she hates, she has stage fright, but I mean, and again, I was going to say, it's not like we didn't know James Taylor wasn't going to be the musical guest because Wikipedia exists, but it was almost like Carly Simon was a test run for James Taylor in terms of like, well, let's see how this goes. Cause you know, they were married for a few years, had some babies. Um, we had a sketch. Ugh. Okay, Dan Aykroyd was kind of adorable in this sketch, but it was bizarre, and while I laughed at a few different points, I was like, what?
1: Yeah, it was just, like, especially seeing this one be the next sketch after the one before, where it's, like, really Tomlin playing a character who you're just, like, not sure what to think. Um, I don't know. She, it was, like, an ad for something, and you couldn't tell what it was an ad for, and Danny was a spokesperson I'm going to call him Danny because that's why I call called my notes.
0: <laughs> that's totally fine. Um, I, yeah, it was just like this guy. He's like, oh, I'm a spokesperson and we need you to try these different products and review them. But the products were uh, dish soap, jelly... And when Lily Tomlin put jelly or jam on her husband's suit and pants, she's like, I don't know if my husband's going to be okay with this. I hope you're around when he gets home. And Dan Aykroyd's like smiling and shaking his head no in the background. She's like, he's going to be pretty angry. He's smiling and shaking his head yes. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking disturbing. And then. It just gets more disturbing, I thought. Okay, so. Lily Tomlin was in grocery shopping in a hamster head. And I thought that was funny just because it was so
1: fucking weird. I was like, okay, this is, this is hilarious. You know what that made me think of was um, in the early days of the pandemic, I saw these pictures on Twitter of people in grocery stores using all sorts of things as masks, you know, scuba gear, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and one of them was, in fact, one of those horse heads And so when I saw her in the hamster head, I kind of got a little triggered in that sense. Um, I saw people using, um, oh, fuck. I know I saw all sorts of wacky things and now I can't think of them.
0: Okay. I definitely saw a child wearing a Chewbacca mask. Oh my God. It was kind of fucking hilarious. I was like, all right, like. I guess I'm here for that um yeah but anyway so Lily Tomlin she goes grocery shopping in a hamster head and then she's told to follow a strange man into a dark hotel room get naked and do the antler dance. And just kind of see what happens and i'm like okay this just crossed the line into super problematic it's like she thinks she's doing this product whatever and it's really just so Dan Aykroyd can peek in through the blinds and like watch her dancing naked and prancing and bopping around while her tits are flying everywhere yeah
1: yeah and then that portion of it also lasted a long time too it did did not have to be that long um so
0: that absolute you know winner of the end of the sketch goes into the next thing which Oh, I figure you have thoughts
1: on this. Okay, I want to reveal real with you. I did not know who this person was. Yeah, this was a little section titled Woman in Literature. And Don Pardo introduced it and gave a brief background about the woman writer whose journals we would be listening to Lily Tomlin read.
0: Yeah, so... It was great artists, and they said, "Oh, she's this smart woman. She wrote so well. She was friends with this philosopher and this artist, and she slept with Picasso and Hemingway." And it's like the list went on and on. And I was like, "All right, so uh, she's who Woody Allen fucking based Marion Cotillard's role on in Midnight in Paris? Like, the fuck are we doing here?" Like. So it was just, like, this woman who was supposedly really freaking smart, but her
1: writing was so juvenile, and I was
0: like, okay, so sh-
1: they're making her look like an idiot. Well, actually, if I'm being honest with you, I kind of thought it was funny, because sometimes in my journal, I'm like, I have some really great entries, and then sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I <laughs> calorie-wise, this was a really good decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what only she said in this. I actually, it- Truly, because she
0: said she had an omelet and beans, and whoever she was with had, like, steak and veggies. And she's like, I made the better calorie decision, and it's like, homegrown you didn't. Yeah, that sketch I was not totally a fan of, but whatever. And then, oh, God, the next thing. We
1: have a few more years of Gary Weiss. I don't understand how Gary Weiss booked this job. I think it's more of a...
0: I think, I don't know that if he was friends with Lauren? I don't know. Um, yeah, I feel like it was a connection to Lauren because, I mean, this was funny, but it was not terribly funny, and I was like, wait, isn't this the cat guy? And it was!
1: I swear, so- this is one friend. It must be. I- so-
0: Okay. This is one of of my tabs that I have pulled up. So Taylor Mead, he was an American writer, actor, and performer. He appeared in several of Andy Warhol's underground films, filmed at Warhol's factory. And um, it says, in the mid-70s, Gary Weiss made some short films of him talking to his cat in the kitchen of his Ludlow Street apartment on the Lower East Side called Taylor Mead's Cat. And one film of Mead extemporizing on virtues of constant television watching aired during the second season of Saturday Night Live. So that's from his Wikipedia page. And uh, he died in 2013. Um, But yeah, he was, I guess, a a somewhat well-known, if not a bit avant-garde uh comedy writer who was friends with Andy Warhol and I'm guessing that he was one of Gary Weiss's heroes because this guy is he he made at least two movies about him so or short films
1: oh okay that's funny that you say that because one of my comments on this was this is a little bit too avant-garde for me shut the
0: fuck up okay we have the same brain it's terrifying um, yeah, it really was, though. It was just, like, fucking ten minutes of this dude talking about TV, and then he puts on a wig, and he's saying he's Miss America, and I was like, okay, this guy is definitely high.
1: <laughs> he was blazed out of his mind. Out of his fucking mind. So,
0: yeah, and then, oh, God. Ugh. The show ended. This sh- The show started out, and there were, like, some really good aspects of it. Yeah. Um, It was, I don't know, it was a musical number where Lily Tomlin was performing Antler Dance, and I was like, God, like, I honestly forget that Paul Schaefer got his, like, first TV start on Saturday Night Live. Like, I have literally only ever associated him with David Letterman because that was what I grew up seeing was Paul Schaefer was David Letterman's band leader. Like that was my time from two until he retired, but I don't know. I was just like, Oh, right. That's Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer had hair. It's it blows my mind. Every time I see it.
1: Yo, did you see Chevy Chase on the tambourine in this? I did. I saw Chevy Chase
0: on the tambourine and my thoughts, I was like, I was both too high and not high enough for this piece. I was like, they're all dancing like antlers. It's the cast, it's the crew, it's random audience members dancing like antlers or dancing like deer with the antler dance. I don't fucking know. It was weird.
1: Why the fuck did we end the show this way? It was so weird. And as somebody who lives with people who make TikTok dance videos, so strange to think how far we've come as, of people.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the episode. Ann Beats was the fucking first writing credit. It says produced by Lauren Michaels, directed by Don King, maybe. I-, I don't know who it was directed by, but the first fucking writing credit was Ann Beats. Like, I'm sorry. Like you literally should have done more of a tribute this past week fuck you and someone on reddit i don't know who it was but it was something about an egomaniac move on lauren's part and i don't want to say i agree because i want to like lauren but at the same time like you could have spared 30 seconds you could have cut 30 seconds from something else anyway but yeah um my worst of the week was the Lily Tomlin-Garrett Morris timeshare clusterfuck. I hated it. Every second of it.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely my worst as well. No doubt. No fucking doubt. Like, I was, it was like
0: three minutes in, I was just like, well, nothing's gonna be worse than this, so I yeah. guess
1: that's locked up. What was your runner-up? My runner-up was just James Taylor. He was pretty good <gasps> at Dude, <him>. same! <laughs> Wait what, dude? I literally have run her up. James Taylor
0: parentheses collective. <laughs> no, no
1: fucking way. <laughs> okay, now I feel like I'm taking like a test. What's the next one? <laughs> All right, do we want to say it on three? Um. Oh no, we can be a minute again. <laughs> Okay, is is it the phone company one?
0: (laughs) Oh my god, I think that's the first time that's ever happened.
1: No fucking way.
0: Okay, we're getting season two off to a solid fucking start. Okay, all right, that's fucking wonderful. So on that note, next week, we're going to have season two, episode two, which is hosted by Norman fucking Lear with musical performances by Boz Skaggs. Uh, We are on... All major podcast platforms, please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review if you want to send us a message that is longer than Twitter will allow. Uh our email is satnighthighpod at gmail, and we have a website, satnighthypod.com.
1: Find us on social media at satnight We have Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, and night is spelled NIT on Twitter. And we also have Facebook.
0: I, Gilda, live tweet, live episodes on Saturday nights. So if you want to come chat about the episodes in real time, come find me. I will be happy to discuss. And if you have any thoughts about any of uh, the episodes that we review, please send them in. But yeah, I'm Gilda. I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs.